Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Today, I got to interview a friend of mine named Bo Stanley. And let me tell you, this interview is just inspiring on so many levels. She is a surfer, a model, and a body positive activist. Her mission is to promote size diversity, strength, and self-love for girls and women. I met her on set, so we worked together on on the athletic campaign and Of course, we hit it off, amazing vibes, and then just getting to know her more on Instagram, hearing about her story, I really knew I wanted and needed to have her on the podcast because her story is moving. I mean, I teared up interviewing her. You can just feel that she exudes life and uh, self-worth, and it's beautiful. She's overcome a lot. She's learned a lot through her eating disorder story and through being a surfer. She, uh, yeah, I won't go too much into it because she tells her story much better than I could tell it, but just know that you are going to leave this interview feeling inspired and stronger than you did before. Before we get into the show, I'm going to shout out a new review. This is from Lauren G 77 and it's called Best Vibes. It says, love this pod so much. Kate is so genuine and I trust her advice. She is such a role model in my recovery and I look forward to the pod every week. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So sweet and I really appreciate all of your reviews. The ratings and reviews are the absolute best way to support this podcast and support me on my podcasting journey. So I really appreciate all of you. If you are a regular listener, if you could leave me a review, that would be wonderful. And so, without further ado, here is Bo Stanley. Enjoy. We have Bo Stanley here. She's here. I'm so excited to interview you and just learn from you because you are such a role model for so many people. And I know that my audience is going to learn something from you. So, if you could start by sharing with me your story, just how you got into surfing, how you got into modeling and how you ended up being in the place you are today. Well, that is all very sweet. Thank you. I really like, we met at the shoot and I immediately felt a connection. And then I got to get to know a little bit about more what you did on Instagram and a little bit more about you and your journey and recovery. And I was like, Oh my God, it just, it, I just resonated so much with so much of what you speak about. And so I'm so glad to be connecting with you. And that's like the fun thing about, so that's like the, the, one of the most main reasons why I stay on social media is that I can, like, you can do good. You can find genuine human beings where you're like, that help you in your journey and in recovery and life. And it's not all bad. You just have to find your people. To really dig. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my, well, my journey, my life, uh, in a nutshell, I guess the real kind of quick way is the quick description is I started surfing when I was five. I started competing at about 15 years old and I went on to surf on the Women's World Qualifying Series of Surfing and it was my dream to be on the WCT and to in order to get to all of the events, you have to have the financial backing. And I made it to as many events as I could with my own um, financial backing. Um, And my, one of the requirements in order to be fully sponsored and get that financial backing is that you also fit an image. It wasn't just about like your, what, what you placed at the events or how, good of an athlete you were, how capable or how much um, potential you had. It it was also about, are you a sample size? Can you fit in this size two for bikini and model for us as well? Because if not, you're not worth the financial backing because you can't do both things. So there was always a constant like, 
am I a professional athlete or am I supposed to be a skinny model? Like I didn't, you know, I never got to fully focus on just being a professional athlete because, because I needed that financial backing to make it to more events so that I could get on the tour. And so I battled that for many years and um, my last event on the women's world qualifying series of surfing, I finished top 12 um, and I emailed my sponsor at the time who was just giving me like free clothes and wetsuits. And I was thinking it because I was like, maybe one day, like I'll, they'll either take me for what I am or I'll be skinny enough, you know? And I said, look, I'm top 12 now on the women's world qualifying series of surfing. Like I am like ahead of all of these other girls that you give financial backing to, um, like, I think I'm, I've proved my worth. Like mm-hmm. I need the rest. I need the money so I can continue making two events so I can continue focusing on like making it to the top. And that's when I got a message that really changed my, the whole direction of my life. Because even at that stage, I was given the email at, from my sponsors at the time that said like, look, Bo, you're a very beautiful girl. You are extremely, you are an extremely good surfer. Like you have all this potential, but like at the end of the day, you just don't fit the sample size and we cannot give you that financial backing. And so, you know, I was waitressing to make it to events across the world and I was working as hard as I could and training and everything. And, and I was, and I had all, I was also struggling with an eating disorder because I was trying to fit that size because I wanted it so bad. And when I got that email, I was just like, I'm so tired of trying to fight to be something that I was never created to be and it it just changed and I and I that was the last event I ever worked and I went on to kind of do what I do now which is body I I wanted to I didn't want to just stop I wanted to change the game Mm -hmm. but I I didn't want other women to face what I had faced and I had so many of my other like my peers and these amazing female surfers struggling with eating disorders and the same um, pressures that I was facing and I was like someone has to speak up like we have to be the change, you know? And so I just kind of started sharing my journey and got to here in kind of the fast, the fast track version. That is heartbreaking, but also so inspiring. I cannot imagine how you must've felt. I mean, I can a little bit cause I've had those comments from agents, but something like a, a, a sport or a passion that you had since you were five years old and then working and working and loving it. I mean, you love surfing, you love doing this thing and your body allows you, your body has allowed you to make it to that top 12 and to be so successful. Your, your drive and your passion, and you're also so beautiful. So I just, it breaks my heart and it's confusing that it is so body focused. I guess it makes sense. I mean, I don't see a lot of uh, surfer, professional surfers who are diverse in their size. It's a lot of thin women really, it seems. So that's really inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing and thank you for doing that. I mean, I'm not a surfer, but I feel very inspired and feel like you're just on the right side of things. And that's cool that you're really like pioneering the change through your group of friends or, you know, fellow surfers who are also in that same boat. How was it for you struggling with an eating disorder while trying to be an athlete? Because I know that, you know, if we don't give our bodies the fuel it needs, even just survival, you know, that's hard on our bodies. So I imagine it was even harder for you doing a sport that was so taxing on your body already. Yeah, it, it was, you know, I look back and like, like today I don't compete anymore. And today as a non-competitive athlete, I am stronger today than I was when I was competing. And I wish that I could have just been given opportunity based on skill alone. So I didn't even have to think about my body. And like what I do today is like, I don't think about the size of my body. I train to be strong and capable. And if I was able to have that mindset and like, have the opportunity based on that alone. I I have no idea, you know, the possibilities would have been endless for me Mm -hmm. and would have been endless for all of the other women as well. Like it, it, it's so disheartening to see, you know, the surfing industry is very specific about what is marketable and it is 
a lot. And, and the majority of it is like skinny, um, straight women and, you know, your size and orientation dictate whether or not you get financial sponsorship. And mm-hmm. I have seen, and, and that's not okay because we are, we are a diverse group of women as we are in the world. And why do we have to fit a certain size, orientation, color? Why do we have to be anything? Why can't we just be, why can't we just focus on being athletes? Mm-hmm. Does that have to do with anything? Why does it, why does what we look like have to dictate, you know, any of my, any of our financial, you know, sponsorship and even representation. Still, there is not diversity in surfing. It's really crazy to see, but a lot of the women on tour now um, are speaking out um, and really pioneers for opening up diversity in female surfing. Um, And it's really amazing to see Tyler Wright in, in um, particular. She's mm-hmm. many time world champion. Um, so there is a little bit, you know, more of us are starting to speak out and there, and I just, you know, with that, there has to be change because then there's demand. For sure. Are there any brands or any, uh, yeah, sponsor sponsorship brands that you can think of that are more ahead of the game that people you know, could look out for, or is it kind of just barely scratching the surface? Is it more of an individual level at this point? Individual level. I, you know, that's, yeah, no, there's not, there are not many brands. There are not any surf specific brands that I see breaking any barriers with. Um, but the, the WSL is now, which is the women's professional surfing league. Um, is now run by a woman and there has been a lot of positive change and it's incredible. It is incredible to see all of the change that she is helping make within the surfing world. And I, I do think that with that, that's going to trickle down into, into more into representation and female empowerment and just letting us be athletes, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, there's a woman in charge for the women's surfing league. Hmm. Imagine that. And it's a good thing and things are changing. It's like, what? Of course that seems just like a requirement. You know, uh, it's the most awesome part is that she's in charge of the world surfing league, men and women. Oh, that's great. Amazing. That is wonderful. It is, it is huge, groundbreaking, amazing news. And she's incredible. And I do think there's going to be a lot of work done with that now in place. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great news. Well, I, like I said, I'm really happy that you are in the front lines of this shift and I hope it changes so fast. Yeah. Um, and so what about modeling? You said you kind of did surfing, they kind of coincide. Most people who professionally surf mm-hmm. model because of that requirement. Did you pursue modeling uh, outside of that on your own, or did that happen once you started speaking up and you know being your own advocate, your your own Instagram, I guess, and website? Yeah, once I started speaking out, and I you know social media was my form of um, it was my platform where I got to share myself, real and vulnerable, and get my message out. I had an agency approach me and be like, would you, do you want to, have you ever thought about being a plus size model? And I'm like, what is that? Cause at the time, like it, I, it wasn't really a thing. It was before like swims, you know, it was before Ashley Graham was, it was before um, like all bodies were in the media. It was before like sports illustrated using, used Ashley Graham it was before all of that. I was probably like 24, 23, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. And uh And I was like, what is that? But okay, sure. And from there, like, honestly, that was a huge part of my healing and recover eating disorder recovery journey, because I started seeing at the shoots, other women that look like me and people were like, people wanted to book me because of me and my, and my body as it was, I wasn't asked to change. And that was amazing. That was a huge shift in, in, uh, you know, my learning to love myself and my body and, and a huge part of my journey as to Mm -hmm. where, as to, you know, as to where I am today. I love hearing that story because 
so many times I've heard from models, including my own story, that their agents sort of bring to the surface their eating disorder problems because of the comments from agents, especially if like somebody like me, I went, I started modeling and the agency that I first went with, not the agency I have now, they don't represent anyone besides, I think even still, they don't represent anyone besides thin women. I mean, it's that typical, very, very small, typically unhealthy for most people weight to be. Mm. And they said some things that, and compared me all the time to other girls on the board. And I really, you know, my eating disorder wasn't brought out because of them, or it wasn't because of them, but it was brought out more. So it was very extreme. And I had that financial sort of uh, goal in mind now with the, with the work and stuff. So I love hearing that you were approached by a plus size agency or an agency that at least represented plus size models. I have heard nothing but good things from those agencies who represent all types of people. It makes sense. And I really hope that more agencies in general develop their boards and expand them. Now there's even like straight sides, which I don't know. I think that's like in the middle. It's, it's annoying that we all have to be compartmentalized. I wish that it was just like, this is our board and you can figure out who you want from our board. But um, for now, it's at least good that we have representation and that it's growing. I agree. I, I, um, I see that on like IMG though, they're ahead of that and they just have, they just have people on their board. Really? I didn't know that. No labels. And I'm like, because now like even the the term plus size model is a strange label, you know, Mm -hmm. I get asked all the time, like, what would you consider yourself? I'm like, a woman, a person, like I don't label myself, you know, I don't, I don't even label. not even, I don't care what size you are. Like we really don't need to be labeled. Why can't can't we just be like our healthy selves? Yeah. I would love to say that just a nice healthy board. There needs to be an agency, like the healthy agency and we can get everyone a part of it. I know I think about how that really degrades models and like takes the humanness out of models. And it's such a ironic thing because people look up to models as role models or as people that they want to, I guess, look like, Yeah, which is also weird, but you know, it's, it's all weird. <laughs> it's all just so weird, but you know, I, I appreciate that there are IMGs doing that and it makes me feel good. And I hope that that just continues to change because the clients, obviously they know what they want. They have an idea of what they want, but I wish that you know, they go to these agencies and instead of being like, we want all size four women who are at least this height, I wish they would just say, you know, we want to see Bo, we want to see Kate, we want to see this person and just kind of see, see models and see people as people and not as just this work or this, this mannequin or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually had an agent, an agency, and an agent tell me one time they, I had one bad incident in, you know, one bad body image incident within the plus plus size modeling world. I was not because I, at the time there was, it was either your straight size or plus size. Mm-hmm. Still today, there's still, you know, there's still not too much opportunity in the middle. It's, it's getting better, but I was asked by a, an agent to, if I could drink those shakes that make you put on weight so I could be even more, so I could be, I could be that size 14. They wanted me to be like that. A true 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of interesting, like going from like the surfing world. That's like, we need like, I don't care how you get there. Stop eating, whatever you got to do. You need to be this skinny to like <laughs> this other industry. That's like, we need you to drink these shakes so that you can be bigger. And I'm just Ugh. like, and that was, that was like a, I was kind of, that was like a huge turning point for me too, where I'm just like, no, why can why cannot why can't we just focus on being like our healthy size and we're all going to be a different size? Mm-hmm. It's some category for for what you know? Exactly. I actually have a similar story. So when I started my eating disorder recovery, I should have, I mean, big red flag. I should have stopped modeling until I was healthy. But of course. I got dropped from my agency and then right away I had extreme anxiety about not working. I was very scared about money and just 
you know, modeling kind of becomes your identity for some people. So I really lost so much of myself when I started recovery, I know I lost my eating disorder. So I was coping with that. And then on top of that, I just had lost my agency. So I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? You know? So I had this contact who, I don't know, I met on, you know, she was just like somebody I met on set and she was like, let me get you in with, with this agency. I think they would like you. So it was like a pretty big agency. And then I met with them and they were like, you're too big. I was like, it was raining that day. I was walking in my heels and I was like, this is sad and mm. felt really bad about myself. And then a week later, I had actually gotten sent a DM from another pretty big agency. And they were like, we would love to meet you. We're looking for women your size. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I went there and I felt so good about the, the interview. I felt amazing. I was like, surely they're going to want me to be on their board. Mm. And then they called me and they were like, we need you to be bigger. Like you're, you're in between. So I, I have a really similar experience. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I felt so defeated. And then I ended up signing with the agent I have now who she did say things like you're going to get work no matter what size you are. So I, I, she's an angel from above and, and she's right. And your agent is right too. You know, the one that you're with now, who's telling you that you can get work no matter what size you are, because we just did a job together and we are working and it's so much better to be on this side of the industry. It's more fun to be on set. You vibe with people so much more than the toxic, you know, culture of like, everyone is a thin white woman on set. You know, it's yeah. yeah, Anyways. (laughs) I'm right. I totally agree. And yeah, it, um, it's, it's a crazy, I will definitely say someone who has like struggled with an eating disorder and body image and self-love, like um, it's definitely does take a toll on your, your, your mental wellness to be told you're too, you're too big, you're too skinny, you're too big. You're just like, you know, that's like, I mean, that's part of the journey, but it, you know, it's not, I think it's just, it also like speaks louder to like, I, I know I'm not the only person and I, and, and it also show it speaks louder, like women at large, we are constantly told to just, we're either too much or too little or this or that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a, it's a mind trip. What, you know, how much we're told to, to just fit a certain box, you know, but yep. there's change luckily. And we're being represented as we are. And, with that is like a huge shift in, in like, I think a, a larger healing for women. I think so too. And I really believe truly that all of the pressures and the, you know, you should, you should, you should, instead of just living in the, I am having this, I should do this and I should do that. It is not our fault, you know? just women at large and people at large, it's not our fault. You know, this is the fault of generation. I mean, not to blame anyone, but this is the fault of, of generations before us who have struggled. This is the, the media talking to us. These are other people's ideas of what makes us good and bad um, or, you know, worthy or unworthy or lovable and unlovable. This is not our fault. You know, it's just unfortunate that it manifests in our lives, you know, somewhere, somewhere along the journey, you know, as children, we love ourselves and we love that we're alive and we love our bodies and our bodies are celebrated and we get claps if we learn to walk and we, you know, but then somewhere along the journey, like people are just like, well, now you're in the stage of life where you're going to hate your body and you're going to feel pressures and you're going to blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's not our fault. So I really want to reiterate that so that people don't feel like it's just me because everyone's struggling with something that's some sort of pressure from the world and society, especially women, unfortunately. Absolutely. And like, I, what I wish is that like every little girl get taught like that, Hey, you were born, like, however, whatever set of genetics you were born with is your set of genetics, like your bone structure, your muscular structure, your skin color, your hair color, like that is your genetics and it is perfect just the way it is. Like nothing has to change. Like we are, we are born into this world as individuals. Like we should not have to shift and mold and change to fit 
a standard that who made? Like who? Who, you know? who did this? <laughs> yeah, who did this? <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, can you reveal who you are? No, I mean, it's obviously like a lot of different people, but <laughs> for sure. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, you talk about that. I've heard you talk about that on your Instagram, having this body shape that you really celebrate your body shape. And that's a journey I've been working on because I don't have an hourglass shape. I have a small chest. I mentioned this in my last two podcasts ago, I think, but like the fruit, the fruit chart where they compare your bodies to fruits, you know, the hourglass, the apple, the pear, I've like, I've always been the apple and like, I hate it. You know, it's like, seems so bad. So how have you learned to celebrate your body shape and size just as who you are? Uh, I mean, when I was a baby, I, this goes, I'm going way back. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> when I was a baby, my mom's friends used to come over just to squeeze my back because I was so muscular. Like they had never felt such a solid baby. I love and that. <laughs> and like, that is something that's in my head today. I'm like, I was born that way. Like I am, there is no one that is going to, there is no nothing that is going to take that away from me. Like I was born solid. And that is the, like, that is the body God gave me and he gave it to me for a reason or your higher power, whatever you identify with. And I was given it for a reason. And I'm like, I'm going to put it to use, you know? I'm going to be the best version of my body. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to look like I'm not going to, I'm not going to look like the apple or the pear. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I'm my own fruit, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. that's like, and just having a hundred percent faith that like I was born to this body for a reason. And how can I like, how can I put like my mind, my body and soul that I was like born into, how can I put it to maximum use? How can I be of service to others? How can I be the best version of myself? How can I be the most loving version to not only myself, but others? And when I really like stay in that, I really get to like learn to love my individuality, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. I can't help but smile when you talk about it because it's so beautiful. There's nothing like a confident person. It just makes me feel confident. It makes me feel good. So I, I love the work you do. I love it. It just, it's so wonderful. Um, I love the work you do because like you share so real and honest about your eating disorder and journey and in recovery. And for me, that has not been an easy, like that's not been an easy thing for me to really expose and talk about, but so many women struggle with it. So when I, when I hear someone as amazing as you like share your journey, it makes me feel just a little more seen and I can be just a little more vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so many women. It really is. Same with you. And yeah, I mean, if anyone out there is listening and they're struggling, trust me, you're not alone. I get so many DMs. I have lots of listeners and I have people who, who feel just the sigh of relief when they know that they're not alone. Um, and like I said, this is a collective, you know, this is a collective issue. This isn't just a bio-individual issue or like an individual issue. This is a collective issue. And every single thing that we experience, you know, we soak in stuff from our childhood, from other people around us, from our peers, from our mentors, from our teachers, and not all of it is good. And not all of it is going to serve us. And a lot of it can, can evolve internally. And it ends up being this thing that you have that you think you're the only one, or you think it's your fault. And it's not, you know, it's, it's a collective issue eating disorders, you know, the surfing stigmas and pressures, like that's a collective thing. So it just takes, I guess, a, a, you know, a realization, like you're saying, you know, you're just like, I was born this way. It takes that strength to really face that reality. Yeah. So, you know, more people just share in their truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like their struggles. For any listeners that are struggling with body image, self-love or an eating disorder there is another way to live and there is another option and I promise you you have like you can do it you know there are resources there are tools and you know life is meant to be lived and life is meant to be you're meant to thrive like we are meant to love ourselves and to love our bodies and and that is accessible I promise 
Yeah, it's really our birthright. Yeah, coming from someone who has hated themselves and hated their bodies and treated themselves like shit, you know, mm-hmm. not not taking care of their health and thought that they were not worth much and, you know, showed it through the way I, you know, th- showed it through eating disorder and my actions and behavior. And, you know, there is an, there is another way to live and thrive. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that when you were struggling and you were at your, you know, quote, smallest size, or you were trying to get to this body that you didn't have, do you, you feel confident then? Or did you feel, yeah, like you just felt everything changes. It's awful. I remember being, I was in the height of my eating disorder and I was already, I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, like where was any, like I was skinny. I was so skinny. And at the time I thought I was so fat, just huge. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at the images now, I'm just like, I can see the body dysmorphia. And so I was in the height of my eating disorder. And then I got sick while traveling and, um, and lost a lot of weight from being sick. And then I was the skinniest ever, you know, cause I, not only had I, was I in the height of my eating disorder, I'd lost a lot of weight from being sick. And there's pictures of me and like, you know, my ribs are sticking out mm-hmm. and I'm I'm so skinny and I didn't give a shit about being strong then. That didn't cross my mind. I just remember saying to my sister, this is the skinniest I've ever been. I need you to do everything you can to help me so I can stay here. Cause I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to, I'm never going to be this small again. And that was in my head. I didn't give, I didn't zero self-love, zero confidence, just fear, uh, very scared, very unhealthy, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can really, at all just separate from it you know yeah you were like very disembodied I totally relate to that we were talking about this too before I pressed record mm-hmm. uh just about how when you are I guess younger I feel younger or at least when you're struggling with your mental health and you have like an issue like an eating disorder or body dysmorphia no matter how old you are I guess your mindset is so closed and you're really think you're not thinking about the repercussions of your future. You're not thinking about your future. You're not valuing your life. Mm-hmm. You are um, valuing a version of you that is so fleeting and temporary that you can literally only think about that day or the following day or the, that week, you know, you can't even, you can't even exist in your own future and your future doesn't even matter because you're so disembodied. Um, so it's just really wild to be on the other side of it. We were talking like it's, it's wild to be on the other side of it and to have so much self-respect for like the body that we've been given and to really want to take care of it instead of wanting to harm it all the time. Mm -hmm. It is. It's really crazy to, to be where I'm at today and to really think back about how I used to, to act. Like I've shared, I shared with you, I've been, I've got a parasite traveling and I've been, I've been, um, sick and I'm healing now I'm I'm on the other side, but the shift in my mind today is like, as a woman who loves her body and cares about her health first and foremost, like my focus is like, Oh my God, like how is my heart? How is my gut health? I need to get the proper nutrients. I need to drink enough water. I need to get enough calories. I need to like get all the proteins and like, I need the carb, you know, I'm worried. I like, all I can think about is like, filling my body up with these nutrients and love and all the self care I can give myself. Cause I care about like the inside of my body. I want my organs to be healthy and I want to live a long, healthy life. And I want to feel strong and full of life and in my body. And like, that's my focus today. But in like, as a, as, as a younger woman and a girl, I, that was not, none of that crossed my mind. It was in that moment, is this going to make me, you know, how today, how can I be the skinniest version of myself? It's just a, and it didn't matter, you know, what, you know, what does starving yourself do to your heart and your organs? What does binging and purging do to your heart? And what does, you know, what are the effects of like my, my internal health? None of that crossed my mind. Me neither. Taught that stuff either. Yeah. It's scary too. Like, 
even me as, as a person who's on the other side, who's recovered thinking about the things I used to do to myself. I'm like, Oh, if I could just give myself a hug and be like, you need to take care of yourself. And I, I mean, I'm struggling with some of my, I have some digestive issues and like, I'm not sure. I'll, I don't know if I'll ever know exactly if it's like related 100% to my eating disorder. I don't know which one came first, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't even really matter, but I do know that I affected my body. And if I have to live with, you know, there's a potential, I have to live with the consequences of that for a really long time, even though mentally I'm totally healed. And that's something I've really had to learn to live with. But if you're out there listening, the earlier you can stop that, I mean, the earlier you can get help and learn to love yourself and value your life. The, I promise it's worth (laughs) recovery is worth it, even though it sucks and it's hard. I mean, really recovery doesn't suck. Your eating disorder sucks, but it's hard, you know, <laughs> it is. but like, you know, pushing past those, you know, for me, recovery has been just a series of pushing past those uncomfortable moments and doing, uh, doing an alternative action and like so hard in the beginning being like, Oh, I just, you know, especially for someone who's, uh, my, I was specifically bulimia coming from, someone who, who like, you know, if I ate too much, you know, you, you purge, I binge and purge, or I just ate and purge. It wasn't even about binging. I had bulimia too. You did. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what it's like. (laughs) Yes. And like to push past those like really anxious moments, you know, and Mm -hmm. just those like, okay, well, this is what I used to do. And like, what can I do different this time? And like, sometimes you're white knuckling it, but the more you push past those times and you say no to that eating disorder in your head it be you like rewire those neuro pathways in your head and over time it becomes like seamless and automatic like oh that's not like that's not even me anymore like I eat digest and I rest you know I I don't like I treat my body with love and care but there is a period of time where it's very uncomfortable to do alternative action but like we can do hard things we and and the sooner we learn to like the younger, the sooner we catch our eating disorders, you know, and, and I know that that's a bigger topic as well. I know there's a lot of, you know, deeper recovery that goes into it, but the, the more we can avoid those long-term health um, issues. Mm, I just love you because it's true. It is really just like, wow, this is hard. And I have a choice to make. I always say that recovery is just a bunch of choices and it's okay. If you make the wrong choice, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. Just yep. forgive yourself and try again. Keep yep. trying because that choice, yeah, those choices become easier and they be- it becomes less of your identity and less of a, a release and more of a question. You know, take it as a question. What is, this, what is this urge telling me? You know, what is this urge that I feel really mean and really not being so reactive and really pondering just for a sec? You know, what is my body and mind trying to tell me right now? is really powerful. So I love that you mentioned that. That's like such a great answer to that question. And I appreciate that. Recovery is all about those little choices and pausing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Pause. I didn't used to like to pause. (laughs) Me either. I didn't pause my mind. It was like a super robotic and really scary, you know, really scary. Like nothing could stand in my way. Because we have that primal instinct to eat. We can only fight our biology for so long. So mm-hmm. if we are restricting uh, or we have, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. But in the matter of the fact is, is that our bodies want to live yeah. and we yeah. have something inside of us that want to live. And by choosing to eat, we are choosing to engage in our lives into our, in, you know, and to keep living. So, you know, we can only fight that so long. Exactly. It always catches up up to us. You know, our bodies are fighting for us. Yeah. Um, I do also want to add that like a lot of this, like my recovery also, I, you know, I owe a lot of my recovery to EMDR therapy. And that was a really big tool for me to like getting inside my body and learning how to find that pause. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that is to anyone who doesn't know? It's I should know the actual definition, but it's, it's like okay. very sensory based and it's very body based. You know, I've, I've done a lot of traditional therapy and it's very, that's like talk therapy. And that personally, 
it, you know, it helped, but to act like someone like me who uh, was wired to not take pause and just go, EMDR therapy has like really taught me to pause and check in with my body, like in recovery, like, you know, having that urge or impulse to binge or purge, starve, you know, whatever your, whatever it is, and to have that tool on deck to be able to like feel a sensation in your body. Like what happened right before that thought? Did my heart start beating? Like, is my body hot? You know, and it gives you a minute to kind of check in and be like, well, what happened? What was the thought before that? You know, and what was the act? And you kind of get to, you kind of, you don't kind of, you learn your body, you learn your sensations, you learn your thought patterns, and then you start having control over it because you, you're you learning to pause and really, um, really dissect each step of the way because it, it may seem seamless and automatic, but there's a lot that goes into to each of those, um, those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So for me, it just taught me how to pause and how to really figure out what was going on for me, you know? I love that. That's really cool. I've, I've heard a lot about it. You have? Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of trendy, like a little more popular at the moment, which is cool. I love, I mean, yes, make it trendy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I know. I love that mental health is trendy right now. Fantastic. Keep I'm, it up. <laughs> people, I've heard people be like, every, you know, I've heard, oh, everyone's so sensitive now and in touch with themselves. I'm like, no, people are just... People have always been that way. We're just now more allowed to be open and vocal about it. Like, do you think we just turned into like human beings that feel and want to heal? Do you think we just, you know, it's always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. It's like depression was like, oh my gosh, you're depressed. Like don't even our parents' generation, like don't let anyone know. And that's bad. Or like, it's. it's Yeah. Taboo. Not today, though. We are, there is a lot changing. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Okay. So I want to talk about exercising because you, you know, you do some IGTVs and some like videos on your website and stuff about working out. And I get questions sometimes from women like, and men, mm-hmm. you know, what, how can, how can somebody work out while choosing to love their bodies? And, you know, how can we, get out of that mindset of, I only work out to change my body or to, um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say just a little, a little example of like why I work out was like this morning. I, you know, I've been in, I was in bed for seven days straight with the flu, just not able to move. That is not, you know, I am an athlete. I am a, I love to move my body. I love to do activities and serve all the stuff. So for me to be cooped up like that, it ain't good. So I woke up this morning and I was like, felt very, like I felt really low and just like, oh, just not like, just did not feel good. Um, and I kind of checked in with myself. I'm like, I think it's time to move my body. And I worked out this morning and within like a 20 minute period, I felt my endorphins just switch on. And I went from like feeling super low to like back to my, my normal state, you know? And that's why I work out. I work out because like, first and foremost, my mental health, it is what, and I'm not going there because I'm like, Ooh, I've been sick in bed all week and I need to get skinny. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's not in my mind. In my mind, I'm like, I've been sick in bed and I need to feel strong mentally and physically again, because that's how I feel in my power. I really don't go. I really don't work out to change my body. I go for like the feeling that I get. And when I am like, when I'm working out, I feel super, like, I just feel I like to feel strong in my body. I like to feel solid. And that is what working out does for me. Mm-hmm. Really don't care what my body does while I'm doing, like really don't care if I, what it changes to. I've ebbed and flowed in size and I don't pay too much attention to it anymore. For I, sure. I go for the, I go for the endorphins. I go to feel strong. I go to feel I just go to feel good and get the endorphins going. Mm-hmm. 
So you're basically like changing like this sort of bigger narrative into I'm doing this because I want to feel strong and I, I want to be strong yes. and not strong to have toned arms or a toned perfect butt or whatever, even though yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, you're, you're changing the narrative or you have changed the narrative so that you're excited to work out. And it sounds so healthy because you're telling me that you, you were sick in bed and you were not working out through that time. You know, you were not, you were focusing on what your body needed in those days, which is rest. And, you know, like you said, a good nourishing food, calories, fluids, sleep, whatever. And then today you're feeling super good. You're feeling energized and it feels good. And you know, it will make you feel good to, you know, do something like active. And I just, it's so healthy. And I love that. And I think people, people get so caught up in like the fitness Instagram fitness world. And I, I, I get it. I mean, I was there before and it's, it's I, scary. I think, and I think a lot of times, like some of the, some of the Instagram pages and the fitness world and all that, it can be like, do this to get the most killer abs and do this. To, it's like, what? Like, first of all, calm down. It does not need to be that intense. It is intense. It's scary. <laughs> I'm like, can I just work out? Cause it's fun. Like, can I like, cause a lot of people, a lot of women will ask me that question and then be like, how do I even get started? And I'm like, put on like on the days where I can't go like lift weights. I love lifting weights. Cause I feel really strong doing that on the days where I can't, where like I check in, if I don't have that within my body, if I'm like, if I'm tired or if I just don't feel like it, it, it is, I do not make it this like regimented, like disciplined, rigid thing. I'm like, great today. I am putting on my favorite music and I'm going on a walk and I have fun with it. Like there is no rigidity behind it. It is, it can be fun. Mm-hmm. We can the body and have it be fun and have the focus not be on like, cause you know, a walk isn't going to give me abs. So I don't do stuff to get a certain body. I do stuff because it feels good in my body. And sometimes I just like to like, sometimes I'll just lay there and stretch and listen to music and put on essential oils and light some candles. And like, that feels good for the day, you know? (laughs) I love, I love it. And it's cool too, because people look up to these fitness influencers or, you know, athletes even, and they're like, what is your workout split? Whatever. I've heard that word before, you know, what is your routine? Like do this and then do this this day. And then I do walking this day. And it's so, it just takes all the humanity out of it because we're all individuals. So I don't, you know, I probably lift weights twice a month yeah, and that's enough for me. And Mm -hmm. I don't lift heavy weights. I love doing yoga. I love doing Pilates. I love doing breath work. And that's what works for me. And that's something I enjoy and I love, but like, I'm not going to go, you know, do Bo's workouts every day with her because something that feels good for her is not going to feel good for me every single day. And same, same with you. You're not going to go and do my workout. You just, that's just how it is. And we have to, we have to have some self-discovery when it comes to movement. Yeah. Yeah. And also a lot of the times I want to, you know, I like to share, like, keep in mind, like I am, like, I have, like, I am a professional athlete. Like I, like, it's not, these are also workouts, like as like a, as a professional surfer, like these are, this is not for everybody. This is like, I, but, and I, you know, there's, I also like to just walk and listen to music. Like it does not, not everybody is built or designed to do the same workouts or do the, like you said, whatever your training split, not everyone's designed for that. You know, mm-hmm. that goes back to like individuality, your individual genetics and what feels good for you individually. Mm-hmm. I, I don't recommend my, like, I don't recommend people surf and work out like I do. If you're, if that's not your lifestyle or like your life or your passion, you know, it's just, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me basically find something that feels good for you and works for you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what that is. It's just about not wanting to change your body, but really being in your body and loving your body now too. I think so many people exercise in order to love their future bodies. And you really have to love your body in the moment as you're doing it, everything that you want, you know, people say, 
when I'm thin or when I have this body, I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to get my man. I'll be able to, you know, have my perfect job and my perfect life. And that's not true. That's not going to happen because you have to make that narrative for your life now. I mean, that's possible. Everything's possible now. So it's just about changing those why, you know, rewiring, like you said earlier. Yeah. One of my kind of mantras, I think in my, I say in my head is like, you don't have to deserve a positive body image. Mm. Work for it. You can, you get to have it right here, right now. It doesn't come after you worked out or after you ate healthy or whatever, you know, whatever your idea of that is. It like, none of it has to be earned or deserved. Mm, I love right here, right now. I love that. Thank you for that. Okay. So my last question, I mean, all of this has kind of been this question, but if you could just, I don't know, give one or two or three pieces of advice to specifically young, I mean, it doesn't matter your age, but young athletes who are struggling with their body image in general, you know, what is something they can do today or this year or whatever to help themselves and get on the right track with their body image? Well, um, I can, uh, I can speak from my experience mm-hmm. and like what, what works for me. And for me, it's like, you know, pay attention to your own individual genetics, focus on yourself and no one out, do not look at, do not set some body goals or try to fit some image. You're not meant to be that you are meant to be yourself and no one is like you and you are your own body image that you focus on, you focus on your own health. And that means mentally, physically, and spiritually, you know, that doesn't mean just our body, um, happiness on all of those planes. And I also unfollow any accounts on social media that make me feel like shit about myself or that make me question my body or that even trigger any of those thoughts in my head. That is huge. Um, that's really helpful. Make sure you have a clean social media of, of all people that inspire, uplift you, and help you remind yourself just how like beautiful and capable and amazing you are just as you are. Was that three, I think? <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. I'm like gonna cry. I just, you're such, you have such loving big sister energy that is beautiful and you really are so inspiring. I'm so happy to be on this podcast with you. I love all that you do and represent and I love your podcast. Thank you. Okay. So where is the best place for people to find you um, online? Both, my Instagram is Bo Stanley, just B-O-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y. And that is, the best, that is the best place to reach me. Cool. I love yeah. your stuff. It's a great mix of amazing surfing pictures. <laughs> and just beautiful shots of you rocking your bikinis. And I just love following you. So everyone give, give her a follow. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I can't wait to release this and just thank you for your presence here. Thank you. I can't wait.